This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Is Sky Blues Extra? Well, hello everybody. Hope everyone is well. Welcome along to this week's edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, brought to you in association with the Sky Blue Tavern. Dean here with the hosting duties this week, alongside. Well, this could be confusing for everyone, uh, not just me, but we don't only have one Ross on the pod this week. We have two: Ross Cooper, Ross Spence. Chaps, welcome along. Hello. Hello there. Good to have you with us both. We're going to need nicknames this evening for, for either of you. Just, Any ideas? You can just call me uh, Cooper. <laughs> what about old Ross and new Ross? Yeah, I was going to say Ross 1 or Ross 2. He Ross, Ross yeah. 1 and I could be Ross 2 because he's on here more frequently than I am. <laughs> well, Ross 1, we could also call him Moaning Ross. That might work as well. <laughs> he loves a good moan. <laughs> I, I do. Two games, obviously the space of four days to look back on tonight alongside a quick look ahead to Saturday's trip to, to Loftus Road as well. Uh, Ross Wan, let's get your thoughts over the, the Easter period first. Um, two points from that possible six. More crucially, and I can't quite believe I'm saying this, but we're still somehow in the hunt for the playoffs and only three points away. It's it's mental, isn't it? It is mental. And it's, it's a weird one because on one hand, yeah, we haven't got the results that we would have wanted, or the points uh, tally that we'd have wanted. So on that side of things, it's it's disappointing. And then you look at the table and you go, "Well, we're, yeah, we're three points off," uh, and and you have to be delighted with that with five games to go. But then you, I, I switch back to being sort of a bit disappointed again because you think, "Well, actually, if we'd picked up one of those draws, we'd turn into a win. We'd potentially be one point off, or potentially level on points." With the playoffs, so I feel like there's teams. No one really wants to win it. No one wants to grasp yeah. the opportunity, and I and I sort of just fear, especially with these other teams dropping points and looking far from convincing and actually losing games. I I just fear that we're going to look back and go at Blackburn and Millwall and think we didn't have to do that much to capitalise, and we just still haven't quite done enough. You know, I mean to to lose four 0 to Stoke. And then, you know, and, and everyone's feeling incredibly deflated to go get a clean sheet where Swans get a point, the Watford game, and then seeing the early kickoff score, you're thinking, wow, who would have thought we'd still have another opportunity? Yeah. It's, like the, it's like a cat with nine lives. And you think, let's let's f- actually capitalise. And again, we, we didn't. And still, results didn't go our way. So we've got a, another, we, we lit a fight another day. Another bite of the cherry, isn't it? It's, uh, but, it's mad. But, but we're getting to the point now where we, we're running out of games. And we've got five games left. We've got 15 points to play for. And, and really, we need 10 yeah. you know, minimum. So, look, who'd, at the start of the season, I say this on every pod, when we, after that Preston game, our first home game, when we finally got to play it and we were bottom, we'd sold high. And if you'd said to us, with five games to go, I'd have been leaving the CBS, three points off the playoffs, I'd have, I'd have snapped your hand off, you know. So, um, yeah, 
look, we've got to we've got to capitalize though. And I think Robin said that, didn't he? He alluded to it. He said draws are no good now. We need to just go for it and and we, and get and pick up some wins. Uh, New Ross, are you disappointed we haven't sort of taken more advantage of this situation? I think I said last week, like with the other teams faltering, I didn't want us to sort of drift into a a what if scenario, and I kind of feel like it's getting towards that point now. Um, you say disappointed, but I'm 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 one of those fans who puts a lot of things in perspective, and you know, like when we're two 0 down at home to what, but a lot of people sit there, and you obviously every fan's different, and you'll you'll be around different fans, even people like ourselves who who do the sort of podcasts like this have different opinions, and you'll hear some people and they'll be ah oh, going effing and jeffing around you and, and going mad about it, but for me, I don't really see it like that. I see it on a basis of. We're still in a playoff place and well, a playoff hunt, sorry, so to speak. And we're, we've got Tyler Walker and Matty Godden and Ryan Howley and players like that. So for us to actually be even in the position we're in to be chasing it is <laughs> pretty remarkable, in my opinion, let alone actually still be moaning that we're dropping points to not take advantage of it. So I look at it in a perspective of realistically, we're not actually probably good enough to be in the playoffs with the squad depth that we've got. So the fact that results are still going our way, we're still plodding along somehow and still managing to be in and around it is is a massive bonus for me. And like I've said, even if we don't make the playoffs, I won't, won't be annoyed in the slightest. I don't think we're actually ready for it. But... On the other hand, I'd much rather be fighting for this up to this side of the table and where we are than at the start of the season. Being where a we QPR have no, already, yeah, yeah. yeah than where, and look, look where QPR were. And remember, you think November time we were we were quite sort of near down bottom of the table, and they were up the top end, and they thought they were going to come to us, and you know they thought they were going to do a number on us. And look how much our season sort of changed from that point. They lost their manager. We had a bit of a sort of momentum before that as well. And then our seasons have gone the total polar opposite, really. And now they're fighting for their lives to stay in the division. And we're miles away from that. We could potentially get in the playoffs. And like um, Ross said a minute ago, I think it's... I thought at the start of the season, we could seriously fold this year because of no fault of our own, but everything that's gone on. So for us to have actually... We're actually more better off this season than we were last year in terms of where we are we we'd fell off massively this time last year we 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 absolutely i think we lost to bournemouth for three nil didn't we it was the easter period wasn't it yeah Yeah, that really that stopped us from getting any momentum at the end of the season to get to the playoffs this time last year we completely folded so to still be within a shout of it this year and after all the stuff that we've been through i don't know how anyone is even complaining if i'm honest i think just well we're coventry city fans we complain about every single thing that's what we and we always have to complain, but I just see it. It's, just, it's a ride, mate. Go with it. If we win, we win. We lose, we lose from now to the end of the season. It's uh, it's the old saying of thingy or bust, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you talk about probably not, we shouldn't be in the, we're in the position that we probably shouldn't be in. Yeah, and that's absolutely. testament to, to Mark Robbins and the job he's doing. And today, obviously being nominated as well for manager of the season. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I think he might be the actual first person at Coventry City to actually be nominated for end of season award. I can't, mm. I, I've been trying yeah, to I can never go back through the years, player or manager. I, I can't think of anybody else. And obviously Vic up for player of the season as well. So yeah, that's testament to both, both what they've done this year as well. Yeah, massively, 100%. Like you said, I don't, like in my lifetime, I mean, I'm 25 soon, so I've never, ever even contemplated a Coventry manager or player being, being voted player or manager of the season so to have both in there towards the end just shows after what we've been through and what we've had to deal with this season to still have those two opportunities as well as getting a playoff place I put a tweet earlier on for me what Robbins has done is far more of an achievement than what Vincent Company's oh, done, for example. Anyone could even, turn up with £50 million and start the season and do what you like. Even if they get 109 points and they beat Reddin's 106, which is the maximum, like, fair enough, that's a, that's a great shot. And they probably could go and do it and lose in two games. But with the players they've got and the amount of money they've spent, I mean, anyone's got a chance of being able to do that with the right management. <laughs> I don't think we've spent 40 million in the last 12 years. I think it's a cheat code, football manager cheat code. It's like Vincent Company's gone straight into the editor mode and yes. doing, what he, doing what he likes. 
for me, it would either be Carrick or Robbins who would be the yeah. two. For me, it has to be one of those two. Obviously, Carrick, because he has done a very good job at Middlesbrough and for them to be still going for automatic considering where they were when Wilder was the manager, when we played them at the when we got our first win of the season. And for us to have been where we are, it, it has to be either of those two for yeah. me, to be honest. But for sure. we'll see. <laughs> Old Ross, happy with, with those nominations? Yeah, no, it's good that... Um... They've actually sort of given Mark Robbins the recognition. I think uh, I think he probably should have been awarded for, you know, nominated, you know, in previous seasons, you know, each year he seems to sort of outdo what give he's the man, done For me, give the man a knighthood. Um, well, Ser- it, services it, it, to Coventry City. He should be yeah, in front of yeah. the king. I'm sure he'll be he'll be given the uh, the freedom of the city, and we'll all see him down Casbar at some point um, on a Monday night when he's left the club. But um, is that but, part of the ritual? If you get uh, the freedom to, of the yeah, city, you got to go down Kaspar. the collie after. Um, but uh, but no, I think. Look, I think what happens between now and the end of the season will determine. Really, I, I think if we were to get in the playoffs, it's uh, I think I think he's got a great shot. I think if we if we end up finishing tenth, I don't think he will win it. I think they'll 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 go the very predictable route of Vincent Company. But I think if we were to get in the playoffs, I mean, I don't know when this is. When is it awarded? Is it awarded yeah, I mean, before it's, the playoffs? It's or, like, stupidly, before... yeah, it will be before the playoffs because they have the awards ceremony, but. Every year, I I kind of get like questioned this whole thing. Why are they announcing awards with like seven seven eight games to go? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think if, if if Middlesbrough had kept up that form and potentially snuck into the automatics, I think Carrick would. To be fair to him, because Middlesbrough were you know looked done, Dog. they, they yeah. were down with us. So he's done a remarkable job and fair play to him because I I didn't expect um you know he comes across you know we saw him sort of as a coach with Solskjaer, Man United, and you just thought is he is he really got got it about him to sort of, you know, inspire a group of players because he comes across quite softly spoken, etc. He also and had actually, a sticky start there as well, to be fair. He, yeah, he did. And then he, and he I think he has done a more impressive job from the outside. From a from a fan, you know, has no affiliation with Burnley or Middlesbrough. I think he's done a much more um superior job than Vincent Company. And I've had debates with people saying uh, like like you've both alluded to, you know, companies Burnley were expected, like they're one of the three relegated teams expected to you know, after 10 years, to bounce back up. And he's done it, so credit, he deserves the credit. But to go overboard, and I've heard, you know, radio station stuff, almost describing what he's done as almost a miracle, a miracle. miraculous. Yeah. And I go, oh, that's not a miracle to me, having like a bottom six budget, being bottom of the table after six games, having your best defender sold on the eve of the transfer window, having three games and then playing catch-up, and then having us within touching distance of the playoffs, that's a miracle. Not Burnley, who you expected you know, uh, to, to be up there, to be up there. I mean, I think people are sort of overdoing the change of style because we all see Burnley as this Sean Dyche long ball team. And yes, he's got I, them. I also don't think under Sean Dyche, Burnley were a long ball no, team. No, no, anyway. it's the perception, isn't it? You know, and, and so the media are now going, oh, company ball, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, look, I, I, I'm done with them. Done with them, everybody. At least we don't have to play them again. Uh, well, you say or, that. That's if we get you know, if we get promoted uh, ourselves. Right, we'll... the, the next year, yeah, maybe in the Premier League. Um, well, let's move on. Let's move on and look back at the Swansea game on Bank Holiday Friday. A horrible away day, it seemed. Travel chaos, uh, both before and after the game. And it's also not a place we, we tend to play well either. So everything was pretty much against us heading to Swansea. Uh, how would you sum up that performance, New Ross? I'll be totally honest. I didn't actually know that we were on the telly in that. <laughs> so I literally hadn't planned my day around the game. Normally I'd, I'd go to the gym and stuff, but I'd make sure I was back. And I remember I was at, it was actually half time and someone said, you watching it in a WhatsApp chat? And I said, well, no, how can I? They were like, it's on the red button. And I was yeah. like, oh, got to be joking me. I was like, I've had a Western ear. But um, from what I've seen of the highlights and obviously from what people have said, it pretty much was a case of that they had a few chances and we had a, a good few chances as well. But again, I went to Swansea away last year and that gave me PTSD in itself because that was even worse than the nil-nil draw. I mean, that was one of the worst away days I've ever done. That was, we could have we could have shipped about six or seven in that game as well. We were terrible. Like you said, we, ne- we never do well there. So, to somehow get a clean sheet and get 18, I mean, I don't know how we've managed to keep 18 clean sheets this year. It's still, still. because we've got a Super Ben Wilson in goal. Have you not heard <laughs> the song, mate? Come on. As, as, some, as, as you've probably heard me voice on here before, I'm not a, I'm not a, I know some people really 
love Ben Wilson. I think he's just bang average, if I'm honest with you. I think when it when it comes to big moments in games, he he doesn't he doesn't dig you out of a, a hole. He'll he'll let goals in, unfortunately. But credit where credit's due, he's kept eighteen clean sheets, and he's the one that stood in the net. So I'm gonna gonna applaud him, and he's in a city shirt. So I'm not gonna slag him off. I just don't think he's he's the standard. Oh, I mean, let's quiet, just go but... back ten seconds. And you're yeah. Stand up. <laughs> but yeah, I'll. On, on the game, I think we, we take a point. But again, as Robbins has alluded to, I think this is where it comes back to my original point where you asked me of playoffs. We're, we're not ready for it. Because if you're a playoff team, look at Middlesbrough a few weeks before at Swansea, were losing and they scored two goals in the 90th minute to win 3-2. Literally in the 93rd and the 96th minute, they scored two goals. We don't have that in us to go and do that this year, I don't think. That was one thing we sort of had last year, but we just lacked that sort of overall squad depth. But this year, we, we've been a little bit more consistent, but we don't, you know, like... We yes, don't have that final push, do we? In that last 10 minutes last year... You... It, and again, it comes, it comes to squad depth. It just yeah. it really just comes to squad depth. And it's why I don't think we're anywhere near ready to be in the playoffs. So I just think if we did get in, it would be fantastic. But I think that the players we've got as well would not be able to handle the psychological pressure of it. I don't think we're probably more the morale boost, isn't it? Yeah, it's more, it's more than a, it would it would be like a good day out for us, basically. It would be all brilliant. We get to have two legs, a big massive home tie where all the fans can come and then an away day where we just go and sing and shout. I mean if it's looting it'd be a mare because only, only, only if you've got a thousand season ticket <laughs> yeah. points as well. No chance no chance for you to do now. <laughs> no chance. It's you know what I mean, especially if it was Luton away. Could you imagine or something? They only have about a thousand fans, don't they? They let us have so that'd be that'd be a telly job for most. I reckon people. I'd try and become a steward for the day or something like that. See if there's any jobs going. <laughs> I'm, on. I'm, I'm actually start, try and see if I can become friends. You know, in one of their houses <laughs> next door to the ground and see if I have a sleepover the watch night. Watch you before. from someone's <laughs> kitchen. Yeah. Watch you from their kitchen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Make someone that way. But yeah, I think I think that game sums us up really, mate. In a way of, and I think Robin's deep down. Knows Knows that we're not when I hear him talk I can tell he doesn't have that we're gonna go for it it's almost like yeah we'll 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 give we'll give a bit you know what I mean we'll 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 give a go but I think he just knows we've not we've not got it and I look at our coming fixtures that get teams like Blackburn and even QPR on Saturday I literally said it to a group of lads who I was with I said they have been pants but we will be the team guaranteed that kickstarts them to survive. It's got us written all over it that we will go there and just play terribly, <laughs> give them three goals or something. It's just a Coventry thing to do. And when you've been a fan for so long, you just know what's coming. And unfortunately, I hope I'm totally wrong. When we keep go keep those thoughts because we are yeah. going to preview QPR later on. Yeah, um, but... Yeah, um, just just to finish off on that, yeah, it just, just sums us up basically in a nutshell, mate. I think it's just where, where we're at. Nothing to be disheartened by, but nothing to be nothing to be not positive about if that makes sense uh, old ross i know they i know new ross there's talked about that's weird talking saying old ross and new ross but just good let's just go with it but old ross obviously spoke about swansea creating some chances but it didn't feel like they caused us lots of issues for a team who had 78 percent of possession at one point during the game uh but not much in the way of a constant threat i think we dealt with that pretty well overall yeah, we did. And to be fair, we've normally got quite come up unstuck, you know, against Swansea. They seem to, I don't know, their style of play or whatever it is. We don't seem to do that well, but it actually probably felt like the most sort of complete in terms of performance, in terms of a game plan we had against them. We clearly tried to set traps for them. And, you know, it worked a couple of times and created some big moments and we just didn't put the ball, you know, in the back of the net. They had a couple of moments, but nothing uh, sort of too glaring, you know. I mean, there was, you know, a couple of sort of, I guess, half chances or moments that they'll probably think they could have done better, but nothing that with the two chances we had, I, I think yeah. we had the best chances of the game. And I, I do... Na name, I me a better, name me a better duo than Gus Hamer and missing sitters. Well, this is why maybe maybe that, maybe that's why Vic didn't pass to him on against Watford, to be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's got to finish. I mean, the Wigan, he had a great chance against Wigan yeah. in the last minute and, and it's a similar sort of thing. Hitting, I don't know what it is about hitting it straight at the goalkeeper. I don't get but... The thing is with this result is I just felt, I was watching, I was thinking, if we can go and get a winner here, we, we'd have been in an unbelievable position. And, and I take everything that, you know, Ross has said, but but there's not there's no guarantee. I think we will again progress next season, but there's no guarantee that you're going to. So when an pre opportunity presents itself in the league like it has, 
And I'm the first person to say about where we were at the start of the season. But you look at the opportunity. We can't just assume and go, well, it's all right, because next season we'll, we'll do it. You never know. Do you know what I mean? We might regret it. We've got to grasp the opportunity and not just let it fall by the wayside and go, ah. Oh. Because I do think we'll all sit there and go, we'll all go brilliant season after the start. But if I see, but Preston, God, if I see Preston and Millwall in the playoffs after they're losing, get, they lost, they're losing game after game. And we're just drawing, so we're only narrowing it down by a point. And you think, we we, we are good, at, despite the injuries. We're, I'd fancy us against these teams. I really would. And I just think, and Robin's alluded to it. Obviously, Dino, you were with me, you know, at the sponsors thing, at the Q&A, that he does know we're not quite ready. And I, I totally agree with Ross. We're, we're not ready. He It's almost the bench. He, he almost alluded to that. And I think um, Monday almost proved it. Again, no Zero subs. subs. <laughs> the bench isn't ready. And he, you know, he said... He wants to be able to look at the train on the training pitch and go, we're ready. And it, but he did allude to the fact that we're not far off. And I think if O'Hare and Parman, it's you know what if buts and maybes. But if they were in the squad, I do think we would already be in the playoffs because I think there's certain games that we have just totally missed that person between the midfield and the attack. But I do think it's a weird one because I do think this is an opportunity. I think this is an absolute opportunity to to be, you know, because Watford underperformed, West Brom underperformed. So you look at Preston, oh, we're better than Preston, you know, even with the injuries. I do, but the same with Millwall. So I, I, there would be a real tinge of regret. But then at the same time, you look at the bigger picture and maybe a couple of days after you'd go, you know what, unbelievable season. What do you make to the criticism of Victor's performance on Friday? A lot of people question his commitment, enthusiasm maybe. People asking if he could be asked. Did he no. look like he was asked? Um, I thought, I, to be honest, I thought he was probably still tired from having to to listen to you wangle yeah. on him on on Monday night. Yeah, uh, well, at, at you know, we had a few, we had a few shots actually. Everybody after because they, they stayed in really late. Everyone had left. They were still in the tavern. <laughs> oh, they yeah. just were. But um, <laughs> look, not nonsense. People love to re, you know find something when when there's nothing there. There's there's been games this season, similar games where you know. The defense know what they know what he's all about. They yeah, they they try and man mark him out the game. You know, he isn't Superman. And there'll be games where he gets frustrated. And then when we don't have that link, the problem is that we don't have that support like O'Hare and Palmer to give to that energy the, and, and take the pressure yes. away from him a little bit, right? We don't have that. So the problem it's hard is hard to give a hundred percent every single no. game well, and the guy wears his harney sleeve. But then I think I think he gives hundred percent every game, but that that doesn't always equate to like unbelievable performance. You know, we yeah. see that we see that from the rest of the squad most of the time. That you know, Matty Godden puts the effort in, but there's been games where we've gone. He's been he's been pretty useless earlier in the season. So I think I think people are looking for every sort of you know excuse or or you know to suit you know whatever. No, he he is doing his absolute best. It was frustrating. We know he's got these sort of slightly selfish, tries too hard traits. I think he tries too hard. I actually think that's the issue. I think sometimes he he then, when he's not had a sniff in the game, he gets frustrated. So then he wants to be like, you, you, we were speaking off air, didn't yeah, the hero. He wants to create that moment out of nothing. And then as a result, he probably just needs that little bit of composure and calmness. Um, but no, to suggest he's he's he doesn't yeah you know, he's not bothered is just uh, ludicrous to me. Absolute nonsense. Yeah, uh, New Ross, what what do you, what do you make to to maybe to his comments he made at the tavern on Monday night? He he was basically saying it was Premier League or burst, right? Yeah, just quickly touching on what um what Ross said as well. One of my mates is very similar to what you said about this. He said what will happen is remember our season when we had um Jacob Murphy and players like that and we said how did we not get promoted? He said we will look back in years to come as Cobb fans and say how when we had Jokeres, O'Hare, Palmer, all of these players, he said, and we somehow did not manage to even get in the playoffs or fight for promotion. He said, and that will be the one regret you don't want to look back in years to come so I, I do agree with Ross on that token as well is with the core of players we've got yes we're probably not ready but we've still got some good players in there who should and could be playoff challenging players in this division and we need if we can to make the most of it and we are at the minute as it stands in a position to do so so we should be in the last five games going for it so you talk I, about the player then players there have we had more than four or five games this season with our full top no that, available? that's that's half the problem as well o'hare and palmer didn't even really get a chance to really flourish with each other 
And that was one thing we were all we were all looking forward to, wasn't it? When we had a fully fit Casey Palmer, we were really hoping that we could get him and O'Hare playing in the pockets just off Vic on his own. And we were all looking forward to uh, to seeing it. And I think just alluding to what you said about Vic and people saying he's he's disinterested. What you what you've got to remember is with with Vic is he's always played with 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 a with someone in the pocket or in the ten at Coventry, and at the moment he he doesn't have that. What he has is he has three very static midfielders who are very good at interchanging and passing the ball. But in terms of movement, what Vic used to be very very good at, and O'Hare complimented him on this, is when O'Hare dropped into a pocket, it always drew out a defender, so it meant that Vic could play off the shoulder a lot quicker. Yeah. But now because he doesn't have that player there, who's an extra distraction for him even when it was Palmer it was the same Palmer would drop into spaces and it would automatically draw someone out even Jamie Allen I'm not his biggest fan but even Allen can drop into pockets and make runs I know that from your tweets yeah, and it used it used to leave Vic a lot of space. But I'm I'm not Alan's biggest fan. But one thing he does done is he he runs around and he moves into pockets in the channels and it compliments Vic. And at the moment, I'm sorry, with Josh Eccles, Sheep and Hamer, Sheep and Hamer, we don't really expect to do it. Although Sheep has become a bit more box to box recently, as we've seen, Eccles is not that type of player. He's a ball retaining, win the ball back and get us moving again and progressive midfielder. He's not an in-the-pocket 10 type of midfielder that we are desperate for at the moment. And I think that's the one thing at the moment that is probably costing us goals and points is that we don't have that in our team at the moment. You're relying on Vic. It's stop Vic, you stop Kov and there's no other way of playing. And we've lost all three players that are capable of offering something different in that position. And I suppose them's the brand. And it must be, and it must be frustrating for him as well. Because again, he's the main man and people expect him to score goals. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders at Coventry. He knows the position we're in good. We're probably not good enough, but he probably feels like, He's the one that has to drag us now in this situation to the playoffs, into that situation. And because he's come out and said his comments at the tavern of, oh, well, basically, I'm a, I'll am I'll, I'll be with you if you're in the Premier League. People are now going, oh, he's not yeah, asked. He doesn't want to play yeah. for us yeah. anymore. It's typical Coventry City fans. Let's just jump on the bandwagon and slag off Vic. Now he's made one comment. The bloke has ambitions. It's like anyone in life. If you're in a job, do you want to stay in the same position or do you want to go to one that's higher with more money? Every single person that supports Coventry would say they'd want to go to a higher job with money. It's exactly the same in football. Apart from, unfortunately, we have watched football for enjoyment and just want what wants better for our team but basically in a nutshell he wants Premier League football and he will be good enough to play at that level because he's got all the attributes to do it yes he's not the finished article but he wants to and that's the be all and end all of it and that's all that response is and he knows people are going to be in for him in the summer and as a club we've just got to be smart about that but going back to that point I think it's just a load of nonsense it's just people trying to jump on the bandwagon to try and slag him off but that's the worst thing you could do in this situation you need to be singing his song and getting behind him because that's what's going to make him score goals to take us potentially into the playoffs so old old Ross you were going to say something no I was just going to the point about the the midfield three was was yeah bang on completely agree they all like the game in front of them they all like to see you, they 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 want. Yeah. I think they want O'Hare and Palmer as well. So the we are just missing that that midfielder who isn't afraid to make a run behind or have the ball behind them and have to do something dynamic. Half-turn, we're very yeah. we're very like those three. They'll they'll move forward, but they, they want the ball in front of them. They want to see the pitch in front of them. None of them are, are happy, sort of with the ball behind them. Not not in the slightest. And and, and we don't have anybody. You know, I mean, the fact that Alan got injured again, it just sums up our look really. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is, yeah, the more you say it, and, and again, I flipped and go back to going, well, I mean, with these injuries, it's just ridiculously miraculous that we are still in this picture because we are missing. That cam position is integral to how we play. Then That position and the wing backs is what makes or breaks our team. And at the moment, we're like a car with like a, a broken wheel and just having to like make our way around you know, the, the track. And we're doing unbelievably well at doing that. And it's just, can we find a way... To, with what we've got to can we get over the line like yeah. Lewis Hamilton on three wheels you, you see was it, it a Silverstone watch, wasn't it last year you see it when you watch us play though like even especially at home I think we struggle with it a lot more because we don't play as counter-attacking as we would do away 
we have a lot more of the ball, and you can just see it's so static watching us play. It's so easy to read how we play at the moment. It's basically cheap Hamer Eccles wide wing backs come inside, move a bit down the pitch, out wide again, then put it in the box and cross to either Vic or, or Godden. It's it's the same every there's no interchange. And the, the one goal I will always say to people is why a number 10 is so important for Coventry with Jokerez. If you watch Jokerez's second goal against QPR at home and watch O'Hare's role in that position, he just drops into a pocket and he slips him in behind and Jokerez just scores straight away. And that's unfortunately what we don't have at the moment. If we had someone in that pocket Palmer, O'Hare, any of them, even Alan at this rate, to just slip him in behind, he would be in a totally different position. But at the moment, he feels like he has to get the ball. You know he's starting to feel like that because he starts to drift out wide, which I hate him doing. And he's, he was doing it a lot on Monday. And you could tell that that's what's getting into his head now. He feels like he has to constantly move around and pick the ball up all the time. Whereas where we want him is on the shoulder, number 10 picking it up and slipping him in behind where he's best and lethal. So... We do have Sean Maguire, but I think he's busy uh, cleaning the toilets at, at Ryson because um, I think that's what we brought him I, in for. That's I, I totally right. forgot about him, mate. You <laughs> I saw him name. on the bench on, on Monday. I was like, oh, shit, we've got Sean Maguire. Still. <laughs> the thing is, though, what, what from the little bits I've seen him, the, the reason why he's not playing is because he does... It's garbage. But, but that, but he also he does nothing uh, defensively. Like, he doesn't... No, you like, every, have I remember Wigan, yeah. he played, and the moment the ball went... Beyond, like you know, was this before he miscontrolled goal? it three times, or this, well, this like, just really early on. Like he just went <laughs> exactly. Back. He just, you know, he's worked like Palmer and O'Hare. Their work rate off the ball is is, is integral, and, and yeah. Maguire it does nothing. I mean, if he, you know, he is gone. Robbins is done with him. Everybody's done. He's too much. I'm done with this Swansea game. Let's, let's try and let's try and move on to, to <laughs> Monday. I feel it's a bit more energetic, shall we say? Um, one of the matches first for that Swansea game. Any ideas, either of you? Are we awarding one? I mean, I, I I didn't really watch it, but from what I've heard, I'd probably say I'd, I'd say Wilson made a good couple of saves, didn't he? Really? So, I'd, for a nil-nil game, I think it was either their goalie or our goalie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think, and also, yeah, he broke the you know the record, didn't he, or whatever the, the clean sheet. So, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll give it to Ben Wilson, Super Ben Wilson, and goal. Ben Wilson for me as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Right, let's move on to Monday's match at the CBS versus Watford. Um, one change for the Sky Blues, Matty Godden in for Jamie Allen, who looks like he's out for the season now. Unfortunately, uh, we went down 1-0 early, New Ross in this one. Pretty poor goal to concede, uh, losing the ball on the left-hand side. Where, where, where does the blame lie for you on this one? I saw a couple of people calling fads out, but I'm thinking, well, what can he do? He's stuck in two minds. He either goes to the ball or goes to the runner. You can't cover both. I think... What it comes down to is the fact that we've got very young, naive wing-backs. And when we play a team that rotate and know how to rotate and actually have severe quality, which they do, by the way, they just lack a bit of spine in their team. It was pretty obvious on Tuesday what their problem was. It was nothing to do with their quality because they had a lot of quality. And I, I think if Brit, we were lucky that Britta Sombalonga got injured early because if he played for the for the rest of that game, I think it probably could have been out of sight within the first 30 minutes, to be honest with you. I think we got, we got quite lucky. So... Um, I think it just purely comes down to the fact that their rotations all over the pitch were just that good. If you watch 
we're speaking about our pockets of play. If you watch them, that's how I want us to be playing. It was Jao Pedro is naturally out wide in a three, but he never stays out wide in yeah, a three. Yeah, he drops into he, that 10 hole, doesn't he? Yeah. And, 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 they, and they rotate positions. They're almost, they're like a more narrower version of Swansea is how I'd look at them from watching both of them this year. And they they just can't, the only player that stayed in his position was Pakuna, who was the holding midfielder. The rest of that four and five just constantly rotated in, out, in, out. And when you've got young wing-backs like we do, who play well, by the way, in that game, they will get dragged out of position sometimes and they will lose their shape. And it was a case of what they did was they thought, we'll overload on one side, we'll leave Brit one-on-one with, McFadston, because we feel like we can we he can outdo him, and then we'll leave Jao Pedro out on on the other wing, and they won the ball, got it in a good transitional period, left Fads in a pickle, he had to press the ball. Britta Sombalonga just did a great dummy, and before you know it, Jao Pedro was running it as one v one and slotted a ball away because he is a twenty million pound plus player, and it's one of those things I said before the game. A lot of people on spaces and stuff on Twitter were saying, "Oh, I think we'll win two or three nil," and I was thinking. Don't write Watford off. They're in a false position. Not this. This is a very good team. Very good they team could, yeah, they could kill us in the first. If, if Stoke could kill us, then Watford could quite easily kill us in the first half an hour. And we it was that individual quality that done us. Early yeah, in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, it again, like I said, I think the fat British Sombalonga went off with a hamstring injury was a was a blessing in disguise for us because I feel yeah. like it would have been a lot different if he was playing. And I think that second goal would have probably come sooner than it did if he was still on the pitch because they were utilising him very well. He was dropping in. His job was basically occupy McFadston. That's what Chris Wilder had said to him. Just drag McFadston out of position, have a little 1v1 with him, distract him. Because normally when someone comes, if you notice, they never really put anyone on McFadston. It's always Doyle it's the other two, yeah. McNally, whereas this one was solely stay on McFadston and... Unfortunately, when you have young players, you can get caught in the moment and we're at a crucial stage of the season and we we just got caught and it's part and parcel of it. Like I said, I wasn't frustrated by it. I just think it's individual quality that killed us, basically. Old Ross, talk to me about the wing backs in that first half, please. In the first half, I mean, along with the rest of the team, but that in particular, we're just we're, we're shocking in the, in the first half. I mean, like Ross said, our, our Style of play is so predictable. Like you know what we're going to do, but we, we we can even do it. Do you know what I mean? It was like the the miscontrolling that they couldn't pass Hamer as well. I mean, it was just it was just awful, and it was so again they were playing. They're supposed to be the outlet where they're running beyond the ball, but again they were playing like we've spoke about the midfield with wanting everything in front of them. It's like you're the ones who need to create the sort of the movement, you know, and and it was just so laboured, um, everything, the, the quality was just shocking. I mean, I, I can't, I lost count the amount of times Wilson Esbrand like hit the ball out of play. Do you know what I mean? Trying to like switch it over to Norton Cuffey and then Norton Cuffey showing too much of it, like a poor touch or something and showing too much of it to the Watford defender. And it just was very, um, yeah, very underwhelming. Lackluster, underwhelming. And, and it was, and, and we've always said it on the pod last season as well, the wing backs, if they are effective for us, then we can dominate games and we look unbelievable. That's the that's the most serious era, uh, area that I think we need to rectify uh, in the it, summer. It's yeah, because 100%. unless we completely change the way we play when Vic inevitably goes and we move into a four maybe or whatever, if you want to continue with the wing backs, which I think we should do once we've got O'Hare and Palmer in the team, then you have to address that situation with yeah. our wing backs. It's we need people, you know, they they're young lads, and I, I get that. And I think I think this game actually highlighted, you know, the ups and downs of of them as players, you know. And well, it's 60... professional football, isn't it? Your yes. game of two halves, you know, yeah. the old the old. But saying. it was more 60, 60 minutes. That you know, the sixty minutes. I thought it was just they were both really poor, and then the last thirty minutes, you thought, oh, you, you could see a player. Yeah, you suddenly went, oh, you know what? Actually, there's. They've got a bit of belief. They've got a bit of confidence. They've got a bit of swag about them, and you know, and they actually were taking on their men. And you sort of look at it and you go, you know what? Actually, if they if they did that consistently, you know, but from the off, I don't think we'd have ever you know gone down behind or or, or gone into the position we were in. But yeah, the first half was one to forget, and uh, you know, I was one goal away from going to the mill and watching it on the TV and having a pint. But I was um I did something for the first time that well not the first time but first time in a long time shall we say that. I switched off 
I switched off at half time. I went to the gym. I went for a little run around the gym. Um, that's that's three. That's twice you mentioned the gym. You, you go to the gym? <laughs> Just a little bit. You, you notice? I can. I got, can't the, see swan, I got the swans on the stream. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why you switched off, mate. That's why you've got zero loyalty points. Exactly. <laughs> Deducted from you, though. Yeah, I'm on minus now. Actually, after admitting that I I stopped watching. Um, well, I have watched the highlights, but seemingly what what changed. Because that the tide just switched in that second half. I mean, for me, it was we sort of the, the midfield actually. I think you know Ben Sheaf and all of them actually sort of moved forward a bit. Like there, we had one of the three not playing completely flat. There was one of them trying to occupy a bit of a space, um, and that was sort of dragging Watford's yeah you know, midfield around a little bit. We were then just a bit more. Direct, like they actually believed. You know, Wilson Esbrand, I think, has all the tools to, you know, technically, he's a very good player. It would do some silly things where you think, oh my word, like just miscontrol it or pass it straight out of play. And it was just looking so amateurish. But he's got things where you go, you know what? He's got that bit of skill. He, there was times where he'd pick it up and he'd run inside and field five, 10 yards. And you're thinking, there's not really that many players who would do that. So he's actually quite good at the, the hard stuff. And he was getting then the easy stuff right, and all of a sudden it was like, wow, we've got this, 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 this sort of monster on the left, left he wing. Feels like a B grade Matson, in a way. Whereas I don't, no, he's got, he shows that signs of attacking capabilities, but defensively he's very naive for me. Um, but he doesn't show it enough. Yeah, that, that's probably fair. And and the same with Norton Cuffey. You just, I mean, he's obviously a young young lad, nineteen, isn't he? But you just. When he tries, and this is why I've, I've said to you in the past, I sometimes see a, a player there because when he actually, you know, that last 30 minutes when he, you know, he should have won us a penalty and he did that a couple of times, direct running. And you think you're strong. You're actually quick. You like compared to say Dabo, sometimes I just don't think he believes he doesn't want to try and knock it past him. Norton Cuffey does try and do that. So they were both doing that. And then what that was doing is it was allowing, you know, and having Chief, you know, push forward into that sort of, you know, that hole. And then Godden was dropping a bit. And we had a bit more of a fluid sort of movement. Like, I don't think they knew where to sort of, who to pick up and where to go. Whereas the first half, it was like, okay, Vic's just going to try and get the ball from wherever because he's getting frustrated. Godden was so far apart. I mean, we talk about partnerships. Uh, They were two sole traders in that. um, I told you it was a good one. Nice. You've been waiting on that for about 45 minutes. But And the first half they were, though, you're just thinking, where's the the link up between them? And then the the wingbacks were so deep. And there was just this, you know, know, huge space. But no, the second half improved a lot. And, you know, but obviously it turned on the goal, really. Because the first five minutes of the second half were... We could have gone down again, I heard, yeah. So there are two things we need to talk about. Uh, Ben Sheaf, first of all. New Ross, is he turning into a double-digit player, value-wise for you? Uh, I mean, he's here, he's there, isn't he? <laughs> um, I, I I like Sheaf a lot. I think he's a um, obviously CJ. You probably know on Twitter and stuff. He's he's one of my directors for who, who I work for, and and he's always always been a big big fan of Ben Sheaf, and he's thought he's been worth double digits since the since the start of the season. He he is he is a very good player when you watch him and he does just improve all the time. And I think that the thing with Sheaf out to me as a genuine love for the club. You can kind of tell like when he plays, he loves playing for for Coventry City. And I think he loves being in the middle with with Hamer. I think that they they do when they're in when we're in full motion and we're playing well, those two are a a, a bloody good combination in the I middle think of the what, if, if them two play well together, Coventry City play well. Yeah, they are just so hard to try and stop because they're such good passers of the ball. Um, yeah. It's one thing. Exceptions and all that sort of stuff. It's one thing going back to the wingbacks. I mean, if you ask anyone, I've said we've needed new wingbacks since last January. So six months into the season before this season, I wanted it and we only got Bidwell. I said we needed proper wingbacks because the system we play, if you don't have wingbacks that can attack and can't get up and down the pitch and have no end product, you're not going to be able to achieve much because you'll just get killed and you'll get picked off and they'll move further and further back. And we were linked with that to Silver, I think, weren't we, from Bristol City. Yeah. And I actually come home from the game on Monday and I watched him against uh, Middlesbrough and he did this bit of skill and moved up the pitch. And I just thought... 
you are exactly what we need in our <laughs> in that position. Like, how did we just miss I, out? I you? don't. I don't think it'll be too long before he's in a sky blue shirt. From yeah, what I'm, hearing. Um, yeah, so. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's the case because he is a he's he's a very good player at this level, and that's the area that we need in both positions, as Ross alluded to. And I'm a big big critic on that area of the pitch. I don't think we've got it right at all, if I'm being honest with you, in terms of the Wilson, Esban and Norton Coffey are good young players, but for where we need to be and want to go, you need consistent performers in that area of the pitch and it's where we need to rectify. But yeah, um, I think going on to Sheep, it's an area of his game that if he had solid players in that position, we'd actually see more from Sheep because Sheep is also like Hamer and can pick out a very, very good pass from a far distance. I don't know if you remember, we played Reading last season. It was when Godden scored in like the 97th minute of the game and we won 3-2, I think it was. And Sheep actually moved to centre-half in that yeah, game. Yeah. And I kid you not, it was like watching a quarterback in the NFL. Every time he got it, it was just out of his feet, ping. It was Maldini-esque. It, yeah, I remember it, honestly, saying it was like Maldini. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I didn't know he had it in him. And ever since then, that's why I get so frustrated with our lack of wingbacks. Because I think, could you imagine if we had wingbacks that actually attacked at a, a fluent rate and got up and down the pitch, the passes that Hamer and Sheaf could actually... Fine, yeah. They'll make mistakes, don't be wrong, and they'll kick it out of play and stuff every... But some when they're on it, we both know the passes, especially Hamer and Sheaf, like the passes that they can both make. If we had players in those positions that were just solely wide on the touch line bombing oh we'd, we'd be in beyond teams like that we'd be able to click our fingers and we'd be in and we'd cause so many teams problems especially at home on our wide pitch that we play on so i i would i would probably value sheep as a, a double digit player to be honest with you i think his stats have improved year on year i think he's actually starting to score a few goals now towards the end of this season and if he can kick on from that next year and maybe get say eight to ten and a few assists Ooh. as well then you know, we've, we've got, territory. Yeah, we've, we've got a serious player well, we, on. We said the same about Jamie Allen last year, didn't we? If he could add them goals to to what he offers, then he becomes a better player and obviously better for us. And I suppose, old Ross, that's that's what we want to see. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, Sheaf's got all the all the attributes. And yeah, it's one of those. I, I completely agree. I just think we're just lacking a few key areas. And I think if we address that and have that depth and have those options then I do think he would flourish and I think we'd see even more of him I mean I was just thinking about it it feels like at the moment with the injuries and the fact we don't have a cam it's like even though we're playing with 11 men it feels like we're playing with with 10 and we're having to everyone needs to be absolutely at it to to be effective and we were to get a result yeah to get a result and we were in the last 35 minutes and it was like we had 10 men it's like wow we've had to run for it. But, and then you look at it and you go oh no we we actually had 11 men but we're, we're missing such an integral part in that Midfield, because the other thing that the cam does is it does allow that space for the wing backs. Because if we get in between the lines and O'Hare is suddenly turning running, then people have been drawn in in field, and then that allows space for the wing backs to get into. But we're just, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it is mental how much we. It's it's like we just have to like improvise our way through because we don't really because you know we don't have a plan it. B, do we? Because well, well, you look, there was no subs yesterday. There's there's obviously no plan B, so we're just grinding well, no, so, our way yeah, through. None. And, and obviously last season we had only O'Hare and obviously we then addressed it. Our one permanent signing, you know, of, you know, under the Sisu regime in summer was Palmer. And we thought, okay, great. We've got O'Hare who very rarely gets injured. Yeah, well, barely at all. We've now added another, you know, a cam. We've got Alan who can play there. And suddenly it felt like, okay, you know what? We actually addressed. We've got some options issue. here. And then, yeah. and then lo and behold, O'Hare who never gets injured. It's like London buses gets two terrible injuries. Palmer was getting himself really, you know, to a point that Sunderland game where I was thinking, yeah, he's looking really, really good. He does his hamstring. Allen, again, very rarely gets injured, gets injured, you know, twice sort of thing, comes back and then he's out for the season. I mean, you just can't, you can't write it really. No. But yeah. But, well, this game could have been a lot better. I think we, there's, there's obviously one glaring omission from our look back of this game. And that's the penalty decision. Um, do you think Keith Stroud has looked back at that game today and gone, yeah, I've made a mistake there. Um, I don't think he's the sort of person. Who, I don't think he is because he's an absolute knobhead. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he'd admit to. It. I, it was like deja vu, and the game was like the you know the Sheffield United game when uh, Vic ran in, went down, won the penalty, and it was like time stood still waiting for him to like. And he waited about six, seven seconds. So I, a lot I, of people I, are chatting about Keith Stroud being really good for us, but he's made some horrific yeah. decisions for us yeah. that weren't 
weren't fouls in our yeah, in our favour. Look, it, it, the, the Norton Cuffey one is, is a penalty all day long. I, I just I said to people I was with, I was like, if Jao Pedro goes at the other end and Fads clips him like that, penalty. You know, yeah. he, he, he won't he won't he won't hesitate. And I was looking at the linesman, and actually Keith Stroud looked at the linesman, and I, I think if the linesman had said. He's caught him a bit like the Sheffield United one because Stroud didn't give that. That was the yeah, linesman, my, the linesman near, yeah. on my side. And I think he, he would have given the penalty, but I mean, it was he didn't get the ball. He's clipped. He's got the wrong side of him. It's a penalty. That's All it. All day long. All day long. And then, and actually, I, I'm shocked at Robbins saying he thinks it would have been yeah. soft. Shocked. I, and I don't disagree with Robbins, but I, I think. What, why is it soft? Because Norton Cuffey actually tries to stay on his feet, but he, as he's still trying to run, he's clipped and he's gone down. It's a penalty and Robbins, it wouldn't have been soft. You're wrong. Nuos? Yeah, I think it's just so... Can I just say, before you say something, I saw someone on Twitter today, he basically said he shouldn't have made that motion into the box. What, is he not allowed to run now? I, <laughs> what are you talking about, fella? It's it's it's, it's so frustrating because it that foul, if it happens up the other end of the pitch and it's someone running, say, in a defensive position, he gives a free kick. If it's the other way around, I could guarantee if that was down the other end and it was Jao Pedro, it would have been a penalty. And it almost reminded me of how many lack of decisions we actually get at home in general as well. because In our favour. Jokeres, yeah. how many times the teams now just come and go, you know what, just pull him, just pull him all game do his head in and you won't get a yellow card until about the 75th minute of the game. So it doesn't matter too much then. And he's just been basically, it's just happened. That number 44, I think it's Hood, I think you say his name or Hoots or something like that. Just did it all game. He just kept pulling him. Just literally, you know what? You're going to beat me, mate. I'll pull you and take you, but the ref ain't going to book me. So it didn't really matter. So the, the, we never get any protection. And yeah. the only thing that I can think of in my mind as to why he hasn't given it is purely because Norton Cuffey tried to be too honest and stay on his feet a little bit too long. And that comes down to pure naivety. And at this level, we don't have VAR. So you don't actually get called out as much. I know Godden did a year ago for a complete dive. Still the only player to be retrospectively banned. Yeah. And I said, and I said, well, shouldn't that work vice versa for referees? Shouldn't they be banned from refereeing for three games and fine if they make a decision that's wrong? Shouldn't they get the same, same punishment? But it will never, it will never happen. But, yeah, but that means Keith Stroud can't come out onto the pitch and kiss the ball before yeah. the game kicks off. The, the, the thing I, is, Dino, like uh, on the penalty decision, and uh, the guy I was with, he, he said to me, "If it's not a penalty, then what is it? What, what, yeah, what's it's a simulation? It, that's the question. That, that yeah, like, it's if it's not a penalty, yeah, what is it? Because he's." Obviously, you know, where I sit, clipped. But if Stroud doesn't think, well, what does he think? I, I like that's that. That's what I'd love to know. Like what? And then the linesman. I mean, he was so he instantly just went for a corner. But I'm thinking, what? A corner. That, I was like, that's for me, the one person that had to have given. Yeah, that's that's the one yeah. in that situation that has to be. I was expecting flag to be waved. Yeah penalty kick yeah. and I was expecting to hear a big roar and we, we get a late penalty in the game but the only reason I can think he's not done it is because he's been he's not he's not gotten down early but what Norton Cuffey should do in that situation as bad as it sounds he should be already falling to the floor as he's going in the box because that's what you have to do at this level you have to be unhonest and we yeah, were too honest cute. in that yeah. situation whereas if that's Jao Pedro he's already falling by the time he's already got into the box and it's he's and been it, hit and by I, about four snipers yeah, by the time yeah, he, that's he, happened he, he'd have been he'd have, he'd have got a penalty in his favour because he's a bit more savvy at this level than Norton Cuffey is for example I think that's the only thing that I can think of but it was the most clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity I mean yeah he wasn't directly at goal but he was in a position to either shoot across goal or literally square it to three players who were directly in the box it is a goal scoring opportunity and he got clipped regardless of whether it's he didn't mean to do it it he clipped him and he fell over and it's a penalty. It's just, it's as simple as that. The moment you see a defender put his arms up, yeah. it tells you everything you need yeah. to know. And then, and then do the look around as if to say, oh no, where's the referee? That's when you know someone's guilt trips yeah. and they're thinking, right, I'm in trouble here. And he, he had it written all over him that he knew he thought he'd give a penalty away. They didn't even complain. They didn't yeah, there there wouldn't have been any complaints. Yeah. If, if he'd yeah. gone and pointed. There, there as, would, as no, it go? 
point. Love, love that, yeah. Uh, they would, Actually, they, Keith Stroud wouldn't have done it that way. He'd have been way more flamboyant, like he, he does at the final whistle when he blows yeah. his whistle and does like that really flamboyant, extravagant yeah. point to the <laughs> to the tunnel, like he's signalling a, a plane in. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, it was a terrible decision, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, that that thing's out of our control. But, we, you know, we had moments, didn't we? We had a huge yeah. moment in our control, Dino. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jokerez, I mean, I'm conscious of the time, but quick chat on, does Jokerez pass the ball to Hamer? Why doesn't he do it? Is it because he knows Hamer's missed two clear opportunities recently? I, you know, I, I probably, he's probably not thinking that. But the thing the is, period, he, but... he has very small chance, doesn't he? From there, when he's got three players around him and he's done unbelievably well beforehand, he's probably got a 5% chance of like scoring. He's got If that goes in, there's potentially our goal of the season in terms of, you know, the build up the turn and then absolutely top bins from 25 yards. Godden's actually open. So that, you know, and then you've got Hamer on the right, who, if he just slips him in, I think Hamer actually would score because he's actually got an angle. You know, he's yeah. not running straight at the goalie. I, I think Hamer there has the option of taking it around him or he just hits it across the keeper. That, that Ben Ben Hamer was, was looked dodgy as well. And, I, and we win the game. And I think that is the moment where, Vic's done something unbelievable in the build-up to that chance. If he passes it and makes the right decision and we score... People remember him for that. People remember him for that, whereas people will just go... People forget what the good thing he did and just go, well, he just tried to thunder blast it. From we also had that yards. ludicrous shot at Swansea right at the end, didn't he, when he did oh, all the work on the right side? Him. But yeah, he's got us free. <laughs> got it's us it's like, 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 honestly, it's going to annoy me if I talk about it even more. Uh, let's, 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 uh, let's try and move on quickly from this. Uh, man of the matches... Ben Sheaf? Ben Sheaf for me. Mm, yeah, I think I think Wilson, as Brand did have an overall good game as well. I think it was probably his best in a Coventry shirt. But yeah, I'd probably probably say in terms of just general, just general play, I'd probably give it to, to Sheaf. Cool. Uh quick look ahead then to QPR Saturday. Huge, huge traveling support going down to the capital. Place where we've had some really good results actually in, in April over the years. Um and I suppose we have to take advantage of a QPR side in absolute disarray. Disarray. They are only going one way at the moment, and that's down. I think it. I think if you don't win there, it tells you that our our playoff hopes are all yeah. but are all but done. Is it? I is it last chance saloon then? This, this, this is the definition of shit or bust, in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry for the language, yeah. but it, it, we don't win there. Even a point, if we even if we draw yeah. in the last minute and we're two one down, and we get and we get limbs in the away end, and you know we've equalised, it's still once we come back, we'll look at it and think other teams with five games to go will now. Blackburn have a game in hand on us. They will start to win a couple of those. At least out of those five games, teams will be targeting to win three, draw one, and probably lose one. That is the target in the last five. So if we don't win Saturday, we've got no momentum going into our next games. And I think other teams will just sail away. Whereas if we can get a win at QPR, I think we're, we're right in the mix then with four games left. Yeah, must win. It's as simple as that. We, we have to win. They are... It, what Ross said earlier is bang on though. Like we are the sort of team who would, you know, kickstart there. You know, if we don't turn up and it, I sort of get PTSD when I think about QPR away, you know, that, that COVID season when I was absolutely raging when we lost three nil there, but the, these are a poor, poor side. They're, they're, you know, devoid of confidence. We have to win. It's as simple as that. You look at our fixtures, we've got five, QPR, Blackburn, Reading, Birmingham, Middlesbrough. We have to be, win the two home games and we have to beat QPR. And then we have to get a draw against Blackburn, Somewhere. probably. Yeah, probably Blackburn because yeah. they're the team above us, and that, that's what we've got to do. And I think Robbins knows it. And I just want us to go for it. Let, yeah, I don't. I don't want us we to have lose to go for it. There's no point sitting back and not like thinking what might have been. Yeah. We have to go for it now. You know, if we play, look, we pr- if we play like we did for the first sixty minutes, we, we will we will lose. But if we play, if we start the game, I think if we take the lead against them, that 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 they'll crumble. They'll crumble. Yeah, yeah. massively. And we don't have a good record after conceding first anyway, do we? So I've seen a lot of stuff online from their fans that they're seriously going for their owners and their There's a big protest happening, isn't that, there? They're, they're chucking scarves on the pitch and all sorts. Apparently, they're, seri- they're, they're chanting Ferdinand 
well, we have to take advantage of, of that though, don't we? Yeah, and we and you think of the amount of times it's been us and we've been see so out and stuff and teams. And we always been... concede, don't we? It, it never it always goes against us. We always lose. We need to use the toxicity of that ground by getting in their faces early and getting an uh, the best thing that could happen to us is an early goal. In the first 10 to 15 minutes, the crowd will be fuming with them and they will be hating it. And that's when we become really loud. Because if we've scored early and we're away with 3,000 plus fans behind us, we'll be loud as anything down there because we'll be looking at other scores and seeing where we are. And if we're right outside the playoffs and we're winning, the crowd will be right behind them and, and they will be toxic towards their players. So it all depends. If we give them an early goal, it could be a long afternoon and they could start to get beyond their team. But if we get an early goal, we can massively use it in our advantage. First goal wins that game for me massively. It's shaping up to be a fantastic Saturday in the capital. I just want to give a shout out to my my little cousin Jet, who's going to be mascot for the Sky Blues as well on well Saturday. Done. So, uh, yeah, it should be a nice day. Hopefully, with three points in the bag at the end of it, chaps. That's it for this evening. Thank you very much. Great input as always. Uh, best of luck to the Sky Blues on Saturday. Safe travels, everyone going down. Big thank you to our sponsors, of course, at the Sky Blue Tavern for their continued support. We'll be back next week, hopefully with three points in the bag. But until then, if you've got anything to say, please use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.